Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desires of the wicked shall perish. So it stood out to me was verse 5 about a good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. So that to me is, yeah, that sounds like a good steward. Somebody that, again, going into, are they able to lend? And how much are they able to lend? And having some kind of, you know what it is now that I think about it? The whole notion of the Sabbath, the tithing, the first fruits, the give the portion of the, the land being for the poor, so not harvesting the the 100% but leaving a 10% so to speak I guess a good because I know we we've talked about it in Bible study how it was a form of holiness or form of um, the law the law dedication consecration but I think what it does for us as human beings is uh, it allows us to have some form of restraint hmm. it, it, that level of restraint that's one of the things that gives us right but I was looking at it, I'm like, I think what God is, is also intending to show us or to bring to light is that we do have limitations within our human capacity. At some point, you're going to reach that limit. You're going to reach that, you know, like hopefully anyway, right, within our lifetime. We're able to reach that understanding of you can only have so much money. You can only have so many possessions, and at some point, like what? Well, that's why it makes sense. Why it says, "What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul?" Because ultimately, what's the point if you know you won? Uh, what is it? A monopoly? Boardwalk. You won the boardwalk. You won the Park Avenue. You won the whole thing. But now, at the end of the game, nobody likes you because you took all their possessions and their you property. Got beat. Right. Well, I just wa- we just watched Joker on Sunday. Oh, yesterday. Nice. Dark, but good. That's not the right way of saying that. But I'm, I'm gonna send you. I haven't seen it, but I'll send you. So just you know, yeah. Or spoiler alert, yeah, too for people that who will hear that, this in like two years. Two years. <laughs> no, but I actually, I'll send you a link to a good review on Movie Critic, but it's a good. It's a pretty good critic. <clears throat> but yeah, 
because we're talking about what does it profit a man if he loses his soul and it talks about and in this anarchist perspective of the joker and he was the lesser of in in this society in gotham right and he kills these three well-to-do off kids or or young men and people are like yeah like whatever they deserve it like they're jerks anyways and the the was it Wayne, um, Bruce Wayne? No. His dad? His dad. Thomas Wayne? Thomas Wayne was like this like millionaire and was not very like loving or like he just seemed very like stern and you know like said that they are clowns like those who are like low income basically equivalent equivocating them. Mm-hmm. Like like how basically he became so wealthy that he lost his humanity is what I'm is what I'm getting at yeah. there you go he lost his soul he lost his humanity he lost his true identity his true self his true being in that wealth his heart of stone just became even harder yeah that's what I was trying to get at that was really hard it was like a maze but in that is what I hear is in losing your soul to your possessions and your wealth you have lost your your true self your your what I say? <laughs> You've lost your humanity. Humanity, your, yeah. Yeah. I didn't give any spoilers for you, by the no, way. No, but that that makes yeah. Thank you, but that makes a lot of sense that you would lose. I want to say identity. I don't know even that that's the right way to put it, but yeah, I think that's like a stereotype or like an ongoing joke about. Um, Celebrity or Hollywood kids, mm-hmm. their parents were in such and such TV show, movie, what have you. That was like the big thing they used to make fun of. Um, Jaden and Willow, Smith, right? That they grew up super spoiled, super disconnected with the everyday blue collar person's life mm-hmm. or day in and day out, what it was like to. I forgot who who made fun of them, but they were the the premise of the skit was Jaden is being interviewed for a movie role, and the the producer or the the casting director is talking to him, and he's trying to explain what what a a retail worker would be, for example, <laughs> and he's like, "You mean like a servant? <laughs> you mean like a butler? Like he wasn't able to that's the whole joke that he wasn't able to understand that a cashier is somebody who's making a living off of being a cashier. And <laughs> yeah, Jaden, a teenage Jaden wasn't able to make connect the, yeah, yeah, make the connection. <laughs> like what's work? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean I can't just have money in my but no, bank that, account? I mean going back to what I was saying about uh Scrooge McDuck, right? That he couldn't relate to other people's like necessity or other people's poverty, so to speak, because he couldn't. He, though another or another layer of him not being able to connect with them, not just because they were poor, but because he had that heart of stone, like you said, within his humanity, he had lost that part where he didn't have any more friends. Right, that's kind of what the ghosts of Christmas past and the rest kind of revealed to him. Excuse me, or they. 
expose it, the truth, I guess, in yeah. some, some sense, to him. And what, yeah. The angels. Yeah. But that's crazy. No, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't look at it that way as far as, far as losing your humanity. Well, I, I want to go back to The Grinch because I love that movie. He was envious. That of, other people were happy. That other people were happy, that they had families, that they had people who loved somewhere them and cared. Somewhere to go on Christmas. That they had somewhere to go on Christmas. And he, in his heart, turned to... Stealing that away from everybody. Robbing their joy. Yes. Because... Because he no longer had his humanity either. Because it came so dark and greedy and hateful. Just as the Joker became dark, greedy, and hateful and mm-hmm. sin and and sinful and anarchist and wanted to destroy those who had. AKA, I'm not gonna say it, but we all know who. Fill in the blank. We all know that person out there, sitting next to you. Trying to get your popcorn. Come on, get your own popcorn, buddy. <laughs> how am I supposed? To, I'm trying to think. How am I supposed to segue from that to? Anyway, sorry. To segue, bro. No, no. Uh, Put your blinker on. Don't be rude. <laughs> no. No. Uh, losing the humanity. Right, so if you lose your humanity, okay, so how would you be able to give? How would you be able to, you wouldn't be thankful anymore, right? So that's part of the process, like I was saying about people that aren't generous, it's because they don't have any thanksgiving within them. They're not, they're, they're not grateful, they're not... They're disconnected. Yeah. Okay, so I had that thought about this earlier too. In the garden, Adam and Eve have plentiful. We talked about this. Yeah, yep. they had all that they could they could ever want in their life, the riches of the riches, mm-hmm. and yet they went straight to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge, the forbidden fruit, right? The forbidden fruit. The knowledge. That's interesting. The knowledge of good and evil. Just by knowing, and discerning, and understanding the difference between good and evil. Mm. You needed they the it was one without the other would not have the same effect. It was both together that was needed for them to lose who they were, their true their true humanity, and being greedy and taking that ten percent back. If you want to look at it that way, in this context, in this conversation, they took back that ten percent. Yeah, yeah. That God kept holy and separate. That was designated for, for him, or like you said, you, know, you put that, you put it that way too. That, that, the knowledge of good and evil was, for God to possess and to have, not for. That portion of him was not meant to be shared with us. Mm-hmm. Trip out, eh? That's when I say that part right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, that we, we start looking and diving and understanding and and chewing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, no one wants to hear that. Because <laughs> then, you know, when you get a cigar, what do you do? You have to bite it. You got to clip off that little, the little, mm, you know what I'm saying, right off the top. Mm-hmm. That first fruits. <laughs> <laughs> the first fruits of the cigar? 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? One way to put it. It is one yeah. way. The other way is just, that's just how you smoke a cigar. So, so real quick, I think you covered Proverbs 3 earlier, right? Yes, sir. So it says this in Proverbs 3. But also said that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyways. It's the one that, you know how, well, I guess I'll just go into the more popular portion of the chapter. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, verse 5, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Yeah, that was it. First fruits of, first, first fruits of all your increase. That's the one I was trying to get to. And it goes into verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Her way, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth; by understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, and and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. I like that. Sorry, can we pause there? Yeah. If you don't mind repeating that. Verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. So yeah, it it, um, it alludes to paying paying your debts if you can afford it if you can have if you have the money already and you know the person that you who lets you borrow money is in need or even if let's say you're going back to the mm. the person that the Matthew principle the person that does have the position of power that is the business owner or what have you and it's not a righteous act to withhold their wages or to gar- you know to to say, yeah, I'm going to pay you X amount because of what you've produced. And instead, I'm taking, oh, no, I'm only going to pay you 80%. Right. And lie or be deceiving that way. This sounded also, what I heard in particular was give, give credit where credit is where due. Credit is due. Yeah. Acknowledge when. How we talk about 
like Peterson always talks about, we want to enforce, reinforce good behaviors. So we reward good behaviors. When we have eyes to see and we have the ability to see, to discern that something was done by this person, something good was done by this person, we want to acknowledge that goodness. Mm-hmm. Because in that, more goodness comes. I think... Yeah, right, I, I'm using this. These, yeah, yeah, but I, it, to me, it just connected to living in truth as well. Okay, you're not living in a lie, by, oh yeah, who came up with this great idea? Oh yeah, it was me. Right. Instead of it was in our team meeting, and so and so brought this up, and then that triggered a response from this other person who was also thinking about it beforehand. Yeah, that. That's another form. I just see it as another. It's another form of being deceitful or stealing. If yeah, if you're not giving that person the credit or yeah. the saying like I'm gonna give you that due, as it how is it is how it's said, right? I don't know. That's, right. That was just fascinating because uh, made me think of, and I'm gonna botch the the saying, but it alludes to giving, and what's the What's the quickest way to make a friend? Just to borrow their sugar. Borrow their sugar. Well, that's one way, right? But it's it's in essence, um, if you're giving somebody a gift, you have a better chance or better shot of making them your friend than coming up to a new neighbor with hostility, with anger, with how dare you park in front of my house. It's going to go a long way, like you said, it, like... Was it Peterson? Who said when you move into a new neighborhood, ask for your neighbor to for ask to borrow sugar from your neighbor. So I that know way he you, says it. I know in the book uh, Del Carnegie, how to win because, friends to influence people. Because then you you owe them, and then you're able to create further reciprocity and yeah. exchanging of goods and services. You create trust. Trust. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You build that trust. Hey, I need you. I'm I'm in a place of needing, yeah. which is interesting to think about that, right? I'm in a place of need, and if you can provide, now let me give you that. It's like you're receiving the offering, and then you reciprocate that offering back, in a sense. Well, check this out. In the, um, the chapter that we're in, verse 28, the next very next verse, says, Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow... I will give it when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done no harm, done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. But he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. It's interesting. I like Proverbs. <laughs> you like Proverbs so far? I like it so far. So far, so good? So far. Because he talked about upright the righteous upright or stand up or it makes me reminds me of when Peterson says 
stand up straight with your shoulder with your shoulders back. Yeah. And how it's in, uh, without talking about the science behind it, it's telling us to stand up straight. It's telling us to be righteous and to stand tall and be a certain man that we we read about earlier that is able to give and is able to be a good steward of his finance right Mm -hmm. I forget the exact terms but that like what is an ideal man essentially or ideal person how are how are they to be in the world and and in that by being being able to give again it builds that confidence it builds that the self-esteem essentially which not that we need to necessarily focus on that building of self-esteem, but it does inherently do so. Because it's, it's... Then you know that what you're doing is working and that you are being righteous and obedient. Because it talked about at the end of that chapter, or... Yeah. talked about it. It's, it I think I alluded to it maybe I might be stretching that out a little bit mm, go back to do not devise evil against your neighbor for he who dwells by you for safety's sake for he dwells by you for safety's sake do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. It's pretty good, huh? Not to be foolish. In all your ways, acknowledge him. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's. I still have like all these verses in my notes. Is there anything in particular? Uh. you were like being giving, and being grateful. Did we cover? Have we covered Melchizedek? Mm-mm. Okay, maybe go to him real quick. Again, this is just with the whole idea, the whole idea of restraint, or the whole idea of, uh, yeah, I guess restraint is a good way to put it. In this, in this light, this is uh, Abraham before he became Abraham. He was Abram. Abram, and he's actually meaning. Well, actually, this is actually. Hold on, let me go back really fast to this one, because it'll give it. It'll give it a good um, context for what I'm about to get into. Go back to Proverbs. I know I keep going back to Proverbs. Like you said, Proverbs has a lot to say about giving and finances and generosity. But in Proverbs 18, verse 16, it says, "A man's gift." makes room for him and brings him before great men. Again, going back to your neighbor, give your neighbor an opportunity to create a rapport, so to speak, or how I was mentioning, what's the fastest way to make a friend is to 
is to give them a gift or give them um, some form of, I guess, financial recognition, so, so to speak. But in Genesis 14, uh, it goes into Abram and how he's coming across these powerful kings at his, in his time or in his era. In the, in the region of the Canaanites, he's going through um, different councils, different meetings with these men. And so it starts in verse, where am I? Verse 18 of Genesis 14. Actually, let me go a little bit before that. Uh, oh, because this, this is getting into Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh. And how the context of Sodom and Gomorrah was that it was viewed as being wicked or unrighteous and that Sodom and Gomorrah in their day were they were the big town, the big city, the the prosperous city where all these things were permissible, but it came at a great cost because your mentality or your your aim was lowered, like you were saying earlier about the golden calf, was lowered. Mm-hmm. It was a few degrees lower to where you were relying on your riches. You were relying on the, in this case, the, the love of money created an opportunity for wealth or created an opportunity for financial growth or blessing. So it's going into that a little bit, going into the, uh, again, Abram going into that land or being near or around that land and in verse let's see here I guess I can just start from the beginning just because there's a lot that goes into it so and it came to pass in the days of Amraphel king of Shinar Arioch king of Elassar Chedar Lomar, Lomar, king of Elam. Sorry, these are all Old Old Testament names. And Tidal, king of nations. That they made war with Bera, king of Sodom. Bersha, king of Gomorrah. Shinab, king of Admah. Shemibar, king of Zeboim. And the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these joined together in the valley of Sedum, that is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served Chedorlaomer, Chedorlaom, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Chedorlaomer and the king and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim in Ashtaroth, Karnaim, the Zuzim, Shiva, Kerithim. And the Horites in their mountain of Seir, as far as El Param, which is in the which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kedek. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And had attacked all the country. So there was a lot of war, guys. <laughs> a lot of fighting going on, not unlike today. And attacked the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in the Hezazon Tamar. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admah, the king of Zibium, 
the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Sidon against the king of Elam, Tidal king of nations, Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elazar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidon was full of asphalt pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, his nephew, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eschol, and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his three hundred and eighteen trained servants who were born in his own house, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods, and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Chedlomer and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave the, and he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich, except only that the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men who went with me, Anar, Eskol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. So, it goes into, I guess, giving, what I took from it, giving, or generosity. Mm-hmm. What, what it, it helps us, remember how we were learning about how the Sabbath resets our minds, or it tunes our focus, or what's another word? Realigns. Realigns. So when we give, in essence, it realigns our reality of our finances, our provision, and the sources of therein. So like with Abram, he only wanted to give credit to the Lord, mm-hmm. in his case, right. where he, he recognized... He, got, he recognized the king of Sodom as perhaps not being righteous or perhaps not how would I put it maybe in this in this like what I'm connecting it to as well is what fellowship does light have with darkness 
Renaissance. So Abraham's going. It sounds like he's still Abram. He's still God hasn't changed his identity to be Abraham yet, but he's going in. He's still. This process is still ongoing, and even in the, in the beginning portions of his process, he's able to recognize he wants God. He's his faith is being strengthened, or it's being it's coming to life, so to speak, by him recognizing I only want to be blessed by God. I don't want anybody else to to be able to have that same claim. Hmm. At least that's what that's all I can connect it. Right. And him by him giving him being him tithing or him being generous to Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a man who served God. It says that he was he was a a priest of the most high God. So that, to me, it, it paints the picture that the kings of Sodom, the kings of Gomorrah, these kings were not, they were not in the same frame of mind as somebody like Melchizedek. Because he, because Abraham did receive a blessing from Melchizedek, a righteous man, a man who served God. Right. And he was able to recognize that and give towards that cause. Like you were saying about in philanthropy, philanthropy somebody who's giving for a good cause towards a student or what have you sowing a seed so to speak so Abraham was just in a way reinforcing that he believed in the God of Melchizedek not the gods not the sources of the other kings through counter so okay so then Abram was able to in a sense, like, earn what he had and then was able, was in internal able to provide that to those around him that were with him, that went with him, right? Well, it's kind of, yeah, what, another one that comes to mind is remember the story of King Saul? Before he turns to Paul? Well, no, 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 no. That's, that's the other Saul. Ah. Oh, no, King, no, King Saul. Oh, King Saul. Remember when Samuel the prophet orders him, gives him direction from the word of the Lord, says, when you go and face the Amalekites, go and destroy, utterly destroy everything. Right, yeah, and don't take anything. Don't take anything with you. Yes. And he comes back, and then Samuel says, what is this, the, the bleeding of the goats that I hear? And then... Saul's excuse was, no, 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 I got rid of all the bad stuff, all the good stuff, I took it with me so that we can sacrifice to God. But in reality, he, was, he wasn't following the instructions. He le- he leaned on his own understanding. Under- well, it's one way of looking at it. He leaned on his own understanding. Became greedy. He became greedy. He didn't want to recognize that the source of that loot that he had conquered the king, the best of the the cattle, the best of what have you, came from God. That came from a different God. He was giving credit to by taking that, and it was almost like blasphemous too, because that because how could you tithe something that isn't yours? How could you tithe something that, in essence, didn't come from a good source? Mm. In other words, like it'd be like me and you robbing a bank and then thinking let's do something good with this Robin Hood let's go and, and tithe this money and give it to a charity where that's not our money to give in the 
in the first place. Right. Yeah. And we and let alone the fact that we stole somebody else's money to give to others. Right. AKA the government. Well, that's why some in some circles they're going to say taxation is theft. Right. But then we also do need to be able to provide safety safety nets. So it's complicated, right? Like that's a whole different yeah. <laughs> but okay, so then in Abram and King Paul, King Saul, King Saul, mm-hmm. there was a huge, huge contrast. There's a, there's a huge contrast. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. One's being obedient, and the one isn't. The one other one isn't understanding that how that how he was to earn what was given how did he truly earn that victory it was because of god because of god one was well both parties they were it was because of god right right both parties right it was it was same 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 until they got to the part where they needed to essentially one was to leave all possessions and then the other one gave all possessions away well, he, yeah. Right. Abram gave it away, right? It says that he tithed. He tithed. There you go. Yeah. So, right. Yes, exactly. So then... And it's funny, really quick. It's funny because he was already a rich man. King Paul? Abram. King Saul? Abram was Abram. already rich. And the other kings were trying to make him richer. But he wasn't greedy. And he understood... Hmm. He understood the the idea of the the Matthew principle of the fact that this is opportunity, right? This is an opportunity, but then I have to give praise or glory or honor to another God that isn't that isn't Jehovah. Jehovah, the Old Testament. Yeah, it was one of his names. Right, right. But again, going that's why he tied. It says he tied to Melchizedek. Because it was clear to him that he received a blessing from Melchizedek. He prayed over him, or who knows everything else that entailed. And that by him giving a, a tithe, he was offering part of his wealth. He was returning the, 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 the part of his... In other words, Abram saw his wealth as holy, that 10%. So he gave that portion, recognizing, yeah, everything that it has have is of the Lord... But I'm giving some back as a as a sign of restraint. And he left the what was not picked from the harvest to those who were in need. Right, the servants that had to be what is it? Recompensed. Recompensed. That's fascinating. And then we talked about last time that the the one guy and the one guy that one guy. Who did not want to give up all his wealth? The rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, and then you have the 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 prodigy, the prodigal, prodigal son, son, who wanted to take all his inheritance right off the bat, right off the top. So let's go. He went out, did what he had to do, lost it all. The father still took him back. Whereas the older brother, who didn't, the go. firstborn, right, was in a sense jealous. Like, what, why are you forgiving? He wasted it all. Right, because he says, I didn't leave you. I didn't go. And 
waste your money on worthless things and I stayed with you and yeah I think the father had to remind him like you said he had a bigger portion already that wasn't squandered mm-hmm. and again at firstborn secondborn right firstborn yeah hmm it's almost like it's a deterrent because the older one like you said earlier is going to be given more responsibility so in a sense he does need more financial backing because he's going to be in charge of a lot more property right. a lot more possessions and that all all of that has to has to be self-sufficient and then usually the firstborn is the person that's the attorney of law or whatever you call it law power of attorney power attorney right some circles yeah some cultures maybe it plays into it birthright birthright yeah Hmm. It's better to give than it is a blessing. I wrote it's, down better. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed. Okay, so then we play out the story of Abram. He goes into Sodom and Gomorrah, right? With to, with Lot? No, the angels. Because Abram goes back home, right? Right. And then the angels come, washes their feet, feeds them. They go out and they. Okay, so that's what I was gonna get. In in the 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 stranger, because that's to bring a stranger into your home and to give what you have to them and yeah, to be hospitable. Yeah. To be hospitable, didn't he give like the best meat, like? Make the best, yeah, yeah. Choice meat, choice meat, right? Ribeye, prepare, right? Yeah, so that's like ten percent, let's say, in that context, the Mm -hmm. best meat, best, the best of his livestock, right? And then boom, you got Sodom and Gomorrah, boom, boom, destroy, destruction. That's in the, that's in the subtext of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Was that Abraham? He lived in the outskirts of the city. I was mentioning that Sodom and Gomorrah was rich and it was plentiful and there was a lot of economic the growth. The big apple. Yeah, but because of the unrighteousness that was going on, again, going back to Abram, recognizing or acknowledging that God was the source of his wealth, God was the source of his health and what have you, his blessings, provision. He lived on the outskirts in the, I guess, the foothills of the surrounding area. So he was outside the city limits of that economic prosperity and like I said he was already a rich man and he was living off the land where it happened it just so happened that Lot's Lot's household family servants and livestock they were clashing with Abrams and so they had that was part of the reason too that they had a split oh they had a split because they couldn't it was just too much to handle altogether and so Lot chose the city where it wasn't righteous, and Abram stayed on the outside. The country. Yeah. The Midwest. The but it's interesting, though, because even then, like I was mentioned before, God still honored Lot within Hebrews, the Hall of Faith. I believe it's in Hall of Faith. Somewhere in the New Testament, Lot is still recognized as a righteous man. As a righteous man. Really? 
Yeah. Maybe because he fled. I think it has to do with him fleeing. I'm recognizing, like... I gotta get out of it's here. A la- it's a very last minute, but... He still it's, went through it. It's like when people are in their deathbed and like, okay, forgive me forgive for my me. sins. Yeah. And it's like, well... Some people argue, like, that's a last-ditch effort or what yeah. have you. So... Anything else? I've exhausted my... We've exhausted Dave's corner? We've exhausted the corners. (laughs) Alright, sir. That's episode six. Two more. Yes. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see. Alright. That's episode six wrapped up. Nice and a bow and glitter. I don't know. We'll We'll see you later. Good night, everybody. Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee.